Remembering the deep, pray I don't offer it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that believes the biggest crime against humanity right now is that computers ask humans to prove they're not robots. <laughs> my name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Man, how are you, man? How how are things? Happy Halloween. Yeah, um, I'm here. Um, I'm pumped for the, uh, the holiday coming up. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a good episode talking about uh, all things spooky season and apparently uh, some weird cryptic uh, AI stuff, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've I I feel like I don't fully remember, but you've got your Halloween costume and everything set with your kid and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. You used to do a big family thing. So, yeah, this year, um, my son's going to be Mario, probably like every other four-year-old out there. <laughs> but I'm going to be Luigi, of course, for him when we uh, when we go trick-or-treating. And then uh, I think you should switch it up and be Thirst Trap Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think that. That just goes without <laughs> saying. That's just that by default, I think. But uh, no, uh, and then we're also going to a, a Halloween party, um, and I kind of... Frankenstein together a uh, Captain Jack Sparrow costume, mostly out of stuff that I bought from Goodwill. So uh, that's going to be pretty awesome, too. So, so the Eric, uh, I need a picture of that. Um, so do I. Because, <laughs> um, and there's there's other voices you can hear. So uh, joining us once again is uh, straight from my D&D table, uh, Audrey, who's been here a few times in the past. And then Erica is joining us once again. So Yes, Erica's a massive Pirates fan, so you're going to have to send a picture so she can see that. Do you need a hat? I have a hat. Ah, uh, interesting. And I'm wondering if I can make it to where you are before Saturday to get it. Um, I'm, I was I'm off tomorrow. To, I deliver. To the Calvin? Sure, why not? Oh. <laughs> 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 like, just, we can out the logistics I more. deliver, right? You gotta have it's the, it's the, you've seen it. It's the yeah. tri-point ad. Yeah. Jack is nothing without his hat. <laughs> right. So that's true. I was kind of going for the uh, Jack Sparrow Sands, uh, the coat and hat, just because it's kind of somewhat last minute. But uh, everything's been coming together better than I expected. So but yeah, we can talk about logistics of uh, possibly getting the hat probably after the show. But I appreciate the offer for sure. Well, the real question is, have you been practicing the run? Yeah, <laughs> I'm practicing the walk a little bit, um, okay. but that's kind of like if you get hammered enough, you kind of don't have to worry about that too much. Sure. I mean, the run is is key right now. It's all over the Internet. So. Yeah. You oh, always sure. kind of look like you're going to pluck something yeah. out of the air at any moment. Yeah. I actually saw a, uh, a picture online of somebody at, uh, I don't remember what convention it was, but somebody cosplaying as, at a convention of uh, Jack Sparrow at the beginning of... Um, is it the beginning of Dead Man's Chest where he's like tied to that totem pole and being chased by uh, natives or whatever? With all the eyes painted on his face. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody was cosplaying as him like that, like tied to the pole running around <laughs> the convention. And I was like, that's the greatest cosplay I've ever seen. And people probably left him alone, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Stuff. Uh, well, anyway, uh, since we're on it, um, costumes. Erica? There will be costumes. Your wife is doing <laughs> mine right now. Sure, but you are? Uh, Darla Sherman from Finding Nemo. <laughs> Fantastic. And that's the little girl who... Would... Who has Nemo in the bag with the braces <laughs> and the headgear. Yeah. Absolutely. Audrey? Um, Laszlo and Nadia from What We Do in the Shadows. So I've got a big dress and he's got like a jacket we still have to put together the cursed hat, so <laughs> we're really uh, fighting fighting time here. <laughs> we also have a party on Saturday, so mm-hmm. we can yeah. send photos. Sure. Right. <laughs> and then, Andy. Peter, did you ever see the movie Mr. Right? Uh, no, I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, okay. Anna Kendrick, I want to say. Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. There's a scene in the movie where they're, it's part of a date montage, so it's a very obscure reference to what is sort of obscure enough leading into that indie film part of the industry uh, movie. So it's an obscure reference from an obscure movie, but uh, we are going as bitch one and bitch two. Um, <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's Mr. Right, bitch one and bitch two. That's how I Googled it to find the mm-hmm. image and it came up just fine. <laughs> it's a good That's one. Amazing. Um, so no one at the party is going to know who we are, but it'll be worth just showing up be like, all right, like I don't get it, but all right. <laughs> I mean, I think that's half of the conversations that are being had on Halloween anyways and all the parties. Right, right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. Well, anyway, uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Um. Have a great time getting candy. Don't steal everyone's candy they leave on the front porch. Don't take the bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't take the bowl. At least leave the bowl. At least leave the bowl. Sometimes it's um, electrified. You never know. But we hope everyone has a safe and fun Halloween. Um, let's talk about watching and reading real quick. Anyone have anything spooky that they got a chance to watch? I did a bunch of spooky stuff. I had just finished reading Red Dragon, so that was a bunch of fun. Uh, Bill and I watched Megan. Oh, all right. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was was good. It was entertaining. It was exactly what we thought it was going to be, so... You know, we watched a couple drinks, we laughed at it, you know, it was, it was a good, it was good. It had a couple of good solid jump scares, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it is, like you said, it's like, it gives you exactly what you want. It has that nice, suspenseful, like, kind of, like, warning of AI sort of, like, story (laughs) tropes that you're expecting. But uh, I actually watched it on a uh, plane flight, and it was, like, a perfect movie for that because it was just, like, super entertaining and a short watch and stuff like that, so. Right, and, yeah, there isn't much to the plot. You don't need to really be, you know, thinking too deep about what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also just finished Follow the House Usher, so that was, I know Erica watched that as well. I don't know if... I, I have not watched it yet, okay. so I have, when it comes to spooky stuff, I have to pick my timing really well to squeeze stuff in. Mm, that so. is not a Wendy show. <laughs> yeah, it so. is not, so. Yeah, yeah how does the good. fall of the House of Usher, though? You're what? How, how is that? I, uh, I'm i curious about it. I haven't watched I it yet. I really liked it. I personally had never seen um, Hill House or Bly Manor or any of those previously. I have now since gone down the rabbit hole at Audrey's suggestion and have watched all of Hill House yeah and now I'm I have two episodes left of um Bly Manor which I will watch tonight when I go home um 
But I really liked House of Usher because I'm a big Poe fan. So I actually did a reread right before it came out. Um, and coincidentally enough, watched the first three and the like four, five, and six on an airplane also. <laughs> so that was a little interesting. Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was very creative. But I also didn't have anything to compare it to in the Flanagan universe. So now having gone back and watched the other ones, um, I think it would have been a different watch for me. But I kind of like that I saw it and then went backwards. Okay, so I'm kind of like not familiar with this a lot besides just seeing that it's getting hype. Is this like a direct adaptation from the Poe story or is it like a like no. a modernized version? Because I actually didn't know it was connected to like uh, Hill House or Bly Manor. It's not connected minus the actors. There's a lot of the similar oh, actors, the I same guess. actors. But the each episode is kind of like an independent Poe story. Like there's Black Cat, there's Raven, there's um, oh. Hidden Pendulum, there's the the Red Mask, the the Cask Amontillado. Like they weave a lot of those in. They also did a lot of deep dives in some more obscure like parts out of other stories, um, which was kind of cool. So I would definitely give it a watch. It's I thought it was very entertaining. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I just haven't had a chance to really even look at this at all. But yeah, it sounds yeah. amazing <laughs> to yeah. be honest. <laughs> Um, anything um, else um, before I, I see what Peter watched? No worries. Yeah, I I just listened to the first two. Now there's six total. If you have an Amazon Prime membership, they have these little like creature features, mm-hmm. and there's six of them total. But I bet this could segue into what you're you had watched and read. But um, Grady Hendrix is one oh, of yes, the, I love Grady uh, the short stories. Okay. So the first one I listened to was Joe Hill, and it was like maybe 45 minutes. And then the Grady Hendrix or the Grady Hendrix one is only maybe a half hour. So it's like talking to the authors. You get the choice. Like oh. you can either read it through your Kindle, or there's like an audio version of it. You okay. can you can listen to it. I do love Grady Hendrix. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, they were, they were fun. And like each, each one is its own separate story and it seems like it's just what it is in the title. Like the third one I started seems like it's going to be more of an urban legend type story. And then the first ones, like these people have a miscarriage and they're given a pram mm-hmm. and like yeah. some kind of, yeah, spooky <laughs> stuff goes on and spooky kids creep. Yeah. <laughs> The second one is called <laughs> The Ankle Snatcher. So, yeah, they, yeah. they were good. So, yeah. They're fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love spooky Casual. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <good> <laughs> yeah. Well, that is something I was reading. I just finished um, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. I finished it on the airplane. So, yeah, that was really good. I love Grady Hendrix. My Best Friend's Exorcism is one of my favorite books. So, definitely, if you haven't. I can vouch that. Yeah, yeah that, right? it was that was good. Movie. So, yeah, it's the movie was terrible. Oh, sorry. I didn't know it was a movie. Oh, On yeah, Amazon Prime. Sorry. sorry, whoever. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't great. But it was fun. But yeah, the book is. Yeah, it was good. All right. Peter, what about you? We usually start with you, but sorry, we have Peter. guests, so I just kind of <laughs> jumped on this side. So what do you got? Yeah, um, I, mine can be pretty short, actually. The one thing I watched this week was uh, Totally Killer, actually, um, on oh, Amazon. You're on my list! Oh, yeah. I've been meaning this was... All right, uh, I flipped a coin <laughs> and trying to watch something spooky, so go ahead. Okay, <laughs> first of all, I'm not I'm going to do my best not to spoil anything, but obviously this is the um I think it's Blumhouse produced movie, but it's kind of like a teen comedy sort of horror film that's uh 
very inspired by Back to the Future. Um, it's basically there is a series of murders that happen that uh, the main character has to go back in time to prevent. Or maybe I should say she ends up going back in time. She doesn't necessarily plan on it. But uh, this movie, I'll say a couple things. I don't think this movie is very scary at all. Like, if you're somebody who's very squeamish with horror films, I don't think you have to worry that much. I don't think even like a lot of the jump scares to me felt super tame in this one. Um, But what this movie delivers on is humor. Like, this movie was hilarious and it really played up the whole like fish out of water. You know, you have this uh, this girl, this like teenage girl from modern times who goes back into the 80s. And she has to try to fit in. And it's kind of funny because the way they develop her character, she kind of has an 80s style to how she dresses before she goes back in time. So she kind of looks like she fits in, but then she starts talking to people and they have just so many bits that are just like really funny. Like uh, there's this one part where she has to go into the high school to like find one of the students from the 80s and uh, she goes straight up to the secretary and she's trying to use all this stuff to like validate why she's there because she figures if you're like a stranger going into like a new school like somebody's gonna stop you or say what what are you doing but she goes to the secretary (laughs) and she's like I'm looking for so and so and the secretary's like oh she's in room blah 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 there's (laughs) just gonna let her go in and then she's like what the heck and of course there's a lot of parts where uh She's either, like, surprised by how, like, crass and stuff people's uh, language was back then. But my favorite part is uh, it's just like Back to the Future where she encounters her mom a lot in the past. And she keeps calling her mom in conversations. And then she has to cover up with it. She has to cover that up really quick. So she'll be like, Mom, I mean, uh, Mamacita. Like, she'll just make up some ridiculous thing. And it, like, delivered so well on the humor. But... This was just a really solid, fun watch. Like, it was just, there's a lot of good twists. It's, like, a pretty solid movie overall. I think that's my only gripe is I didn't think it was scary enough, which I didn't really expect it to be scary. But if you compare it to something like uh, like Freaky, um, which I think is just the same production. Uh, yeah, it's the same it, same guys who did Happy Death Day, too. So, you know, your Groundhog Day and then your Freaky Friday and Back to the Future. And I'm pretty sure they're going to do breakfast club next i think the reason i bring those movies up is i just feel like comparing it to happy death day or freaky i think this movie had a lot more uh or sorry i think those movies had a lot better scares and a lot better gore so if that's what you're in for just know it's like a little light on that side of things but if you're in there for just a fun story and kind of the uh kind of the humor it definitely delivers in that way so that's my me trying to review this movie as spoiler free as possible or it'll be pretty in pink next but it'll be pretty in red (laughs) hit us up if you need more suggestions hey blumhouse i hope you heard that (laughs) uh was that it peter yeah, pretty much. I kind of came a little light-handed this week, but it's all good. <laughs> because I came light-handed, too, because my week's been weird, but I'm like, I have to watch something scary. So I was I flipped a coin. It was either total Totally Killer or Renfield, and I went Renfield. Oh, fine. Um, so that was an absolute blast. Um, I think I was so incredibly impressed with 
Nicolas Cage as Bela Lugosi Dracula. I was literally like, 100%. Let's just do a remake right now. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just do it. Have you watched Renfield yet? yet. Like, it's it's like, someone watched it without me. It's very, it's very early in the movie that you see that shot. Um, but dude, it is absolutely hilarious. I don't know if I, I think I was expecting, I didn't think it was going to be as much of an action film as it was. Same. Yeah. Yes. That I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um, but like prior to starting it in terms of the two totally killer and Renfield. And I was looking at the cast and I saw Ben Schwartz in Renfield. I'm like, okay, yeah. that kind of <laughs> sold it for me. I was like, done. Um, but dude, bus full of cheerleaders. It's just <laughs> when that kid, I just man, it's so great. Um, yes, and I don't want to say too much more because I did not know Erica had not seen. That's it, okay. So. That's yeah. okay. No, Drew, I'm glad you really enjoyed this one a lot, and I hope you can see what I was saying when I reviewed this movie. That it's it kind of has like at a lot of moments it has the same feel as uh, Deadpool. Like it's kind of yeah. like a big. R-rated comedy action film that has a lot of just ridiculous uh, sarcastic humor, but then you throw in like a horror like motif on top of that. But uh, just talking about Nick Cage, I loved that one shot where uh, I don't I remember one part of the movie where somebody tries to shoot him and for a split second he like turns into a flock of bats separates to let the bullet go between him and then re <laughs> re comes together and and you know transforms back into Nicolas Cage and it was just like so cool and I think the movie did a lot of cool like uh creative stuff when it comes to like those uh classic horror tropes in that way you know what I mean um, I'm glad you brought up Deadpool because the other thing I did do is because of Deadpool 3 and I'm excited for it and I have this I just have this gut feeling that they're gonna do Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe I reread Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Nice. And the thing about Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe is there is a break the fourth wall moment at the end of that comic run that is on a scale like the end of She-Hulk. And since we went there with the end of She-Hulk, seeing it on the page for Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe just makes me go, could they really actually be doing this? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So it, it really made me go, I I wouldn't put it past them to do. So um, I just, I read it out of like, you know what? I read it before. We're coming up on Deadpool 3. I, I got to just put my feet back into it and hope for the yeah, best. Are we, we going to get Deadpool v. Kev? <laughs> Was that, yeah. that a yeah. thing? <laughs> Deadpool v. Kevin, because they did a full acronym at the end of She-Hulk with Kevin. So, um, nice. Yeah. All right, you guys want to talk some news real fast? Sure. Okay, like I said, these are quick news stories. So, those of us who watched After Party on Apple TV oh, are super bomb. I know. It has been canceled. However, canceled or done? Well, it says canceled. Oh. <laughs> However, I feel like it ended though. Um, so it says sadly, not all mysteries are going to get great news. Apple TV recently canceled its uh, part murder mystery, part comedy series After Party after two seasons. Um. Yeah. So but I feel like it wrapped up. It did. And that's the yeah. thing is at so the end of got her man at the end. Like, sure. Yeah. At the end yeah. of season two, they legitimately kind of closed everything. Mm -hmm. So but similarly in a way to they end the only murders in the building seasons. I didn't watch this three yet. So okay. I started only murders. I have I mean, not continued on. OK. So yeah, that's true. And that just got picked up for season four, too, I think. OK. Yeah. All right. Uh, Peter, you haven't watched After Party, so I just, you know, for those of us who do watch it, like, 
You should have <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Um, 30 years after Nightmare Before Christmas was released, director Henry Selleck, by the way, that's nah, who actually Chambers. directed it, <laughs> is sharing the idea that he has a potential prequel in mind. Um, there might be a more, from him, there might be a more interesting story there about how Jack became the king of Halloween Town. Hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but if it's him it's and Tim Burton good. getting back together, maybe. Yeah. As long as I mean, it's like, and Danny Elfman comes back and sings, and you know what I but, mean? Yeah. Like, but. Oh, Pee-wee. I know. Lost back in. I, I don't know how I feel about that as a self-proclaimed obsessive with <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, who just spent stupid money today on a 13-foot uh, Jack Skellington. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> off, Peter. I could help it. Um, I feel like some stories don't need, like, not every story needs a prequel. Yeah. Right. I just feel like, like some things, it, like, again, I loved The Walking Dead. Andy and I would watch it together a lot. I didn't need fear. I was already so in it mm -hmm. that I didn't need to know how it started because I kind of already knew. Yeah. That was just my... didn't care at that point. Well, right. Where was Glenn is what we wanted to know. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was the big thing. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And 30 years later... Same. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But then again, Hocus Pocus 2 was fantastic. Right. right. And it gave us a little bit of a backstory. So, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. We'll be talking yeah. about it in six yeah. years from now when they finish True. animating it. Do you want to take that gamble? No, yeah. not for that one. Um, jumping so, over. Go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, I'm up for it as long as they do it right. Like what Drew was saying with bring back Tim Burton, bring back Danny Elfman, put together a good story. And uh, I mean, the whole like 30 years later thing, I guess I could relate that to um, Corpse Bride, because when that movie came out, I remember seeing it and not being the biggest fan. But over the years, that movie's actually grown on me a lot. So you never know how... You know, maybe the Nightmare Before Christmas prequel isn't going to age with you, but then a couple years later, you're going to rewatch it and be like, oh, no, this was actually pretty good. Um, the only other thing I was going to say, though, is there is like a weird meme that says that Frankenweenie and Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas are like unofficial sequels of each other that wow. it's like about how the kid from Frankenweenie grows up to be the guy from Corpse Bride and then he becomes Jack Skellington after he passes away because they all have very similar looking dogs and I think that's really funny <laughs> that was the connection. Yeah, the dog. but the original Frankenweenie was so good oh yes oh yeah. so good like the live action one yes mm -hmm. yeah um all right uh, jumping over to DC news real quick. Um, so we know that, so Aquaman is coming out and I feel like the world has already set sail on Aquaman and no one's going to go see this movie. When you look at DC box office dollars and all that stuff and James Gunn making his comments about what's canon and what's not canon in the coming DC universe and all that stuff. And I, I feel like Aquaman is going to get like the, it's just, it's going to be, it's, it's just, Bad news for Aquaman, in my personal opinion. I think the movie looks fun, and I still will watch it. However, 100%. we learned a long time ago that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton both shot scenes for Aquaman, and they were both removed from the final cut of Aquaman in the after-test audiences and all that stuff. However, James Wan has commented on this, and he said, you're probably not going to, basically, you're not going to see these scenes. And this is why. 
All I'll say is that those scenes were just to have something in the bank in case we needed to explain time continuity if we came out first, but it ended up with the Lost Kingdom coming after the Flash. That makes sense. As in with all the multiversal nonsense, they shot some scenes just in case the schedules got flipped and there was a weird continuity error. They shot some scenes that are will not be on. But now I still want to see the scenes. <laughs> By the <laughs> <You> DVD. <know? laughs> right. <laughs> I still want to see these. Any thoughts on that, Peter? No, yeah, it's just, it makes sense that we're not going to see it, but there's just such a wealth of uh, superhero behind the scenes stuff and uh, deleted scenes and lost footage. There's just a wealth of that within superhero cinema that we're just never going to see. Like, don't get me started on uh, Superman Lives, but this is just another tidbit to that. And uh, I, I know there was supposed to be like this... Uh, sequel to the amazing spider-man 2 that was going to be like all about the sinister six getting together and i don't know there's just so much stuff through the years that we've missed out on and this is just adding to that pile of uh disappointment i guess <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so and i think it's great that you brought up spider-man because now we're going to shift over to marvel for one of those controversial Kevin Feige things that I like to point out um, because I've been on Kevin Feige since the beginning. Um, Marvel back in the day used to criticize DC comics very heavily for having a multiverse. And this is not something new. This is something we've talked about before in the past. Um, and then suddenly Marvel has a multiverse and then now we're in the movie universe and Marvel is trying to create a multiverse as DC's trying to do the same thing, because DC's like, hey, we're doing The Flash, and we're lining all this stuff up, and yeah, The Flash had some production stuff, but Marvel's like almost trying to beat DC to the movie slate, so it's going to look like DC's copying. James Gunn makes a comment about what is canon and what is not in the coming DC universe about two weeks ago. Kevin Feige, just now, confirms all Marvel films and TV shows are part of the MCU multiverse. <laughs> Everything utilizing Marvel characters, whether produced by Marvel Studios or not, is a part of a branch timeline in the overall Marvel multiverse. Some we already knew about, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, the Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man films, No Way Home confirmed everything. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness confirmed Patrick Stewart's Professor X, Deadpool 3 is set to canonize Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, um, even those for the variants of Fox X-Men films, it indicates all of them are part of multiverse canon. I think it is very interesting timing that Kevin Feige would wait and all of a sudden say that. And Erica's nodding at me because her and I have had this conversation so many times about, you know, Kevin Feige statements after DC said one thing. Kevin Feige flips the script and goes, well, we're doing this. And you're like, of course you are, because DC already said the following. And somehow they always get him out first. Yeah. And somehow they always do. Yeah. And it's part of the Marvel machine. But apparently we're going to have to reevaluate the giant spreadsheet of what order to watch everything in again. <laughs> Release order. <laughs> I'm not ready. Credit order. <laughs> or, or you just have to accept that it's a uh, it's just a giant cluster F and you jump in wherever you want. And then you use Wikipedia and online forums to fill in the gaps. But uh this is crazy. This is awesome. This is honestly what DC should be saying, though. Like everything's everything's canon. Why not? You know, it's canon. Just let it be canon and call it a day. Well, you let it be canon, and then it doesn't matter what you do. Right. Well, then it's, then it's well, it's like we made this movie that you, none of you liked. Sorry, it's part of the thing, and now you have to take it. And people will go, okay. Right. Right. I mean, I hate to say that, but like, right. It's I true. Know. 
Um, that being said, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming got retcanned, retcanned, retconned officially for Marvel uh, Universe. Um, and if you don't know what retcon means, uh, retcon is short for retroactive continuity, which means they can go back later and adjust. Um, the opening of Spider-Man Homecoming, they show that flashback sequence to uh, Michael Keaton's crew like digging through the wreckage of the battle. And then it says eight years later, uh, Marvel has officially announced that that time does not fit because 2012 to 2016 is not eight years. So they've officially retconned it. So future showings of the movie will not say eight years. It'll be the correct timeline. <laughs> Way to bring math into it, guys. So um, I, I honestly <laughs> don't think that I ever put that together and didn't really matter to me when I was watching the movie. But, <laughs> but also... It made the news today. Wasn't it like two weeks ago that it was when Tony Stark snapped? Yeah. It was like October 13th or something. It was like two weeks ago or whatever. And it, yeah. and it was like... But when that came out, it was like six years from now. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I forget that it's been six years. Like, yeah. yeah, basically. You know. Um, crazy. So, yeah, any thoughts on Spider-Man getting retconned? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just like uh, the MCU does it and nobody bats an eye. But uh, George Lucas does it and everybody loses their minds. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. So. yeah. It's all Disney now, isn't it, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> For better or for worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, those Mickey Mouse dollars. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So that is it for the news. Like I said, I wanted to make it short. Uh, we have a big Halloween uh, list topic tonight. So um, are you guys up for talking about the list? Yeah. 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 Peter? Cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to roll the thing and we'll be right back. for the top five. All right. Uh, Peter, this is, well, normally we take turns picking, so it's actually, um, this you, This is replacing your, this is kind of replacing my pick if you think about it. Um, but it's actually, you know what's funny? I picked last week. I don't know why I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be in front of a microphone talking to people. Um, no, this is a collaborative uh, pick. Yeah, so technically this is your pick, but we moved yours to next week because this is our Halloween episode. Um, this episode will release, I mean, we are recording the Thursday before Halloween, but this episode will drop um, on uh, the 30th. So you'll have this for any car rides you have coming up for the the holiday. Um, we are talking about, you know, in the past we've done different horror movie scary movie ideas we've done scary movies we've done vampire movies we've done horror movie villains like those kind of things and tonight we're going to talk about our favorite horror movie survivors meaning specifically those who have made it through to the end of a horror film <laughs> um yeah. so uh i don't know if you chose picked the movie first and then chose the uh character or if you chose the character first and then <laughs> Um, but yeah, so any thoughts on this list, Peter? Did you have trouble doing it? Like, yeah, going into this list, um, I was excited for the list because I love talking about horror movies, but I was kind of worried that I wasn't going to have a lot of characters to choose because I feel like I always get more into the, uh, villains in horror movies. Cause you think of like the classic horror movie tropes, you always have like some crazy bombastic villain 
And then a lot of the main characters will be like these like idiot teenagers. It's like the writer just introduces a lot of like fodder characters who are just there to get killed. So I didn't think I like was going to have a lot of characters to to pull from. But once I started putting my list together, I was like, oh, no, I found some great characters. There's some great characters I relate to or I just think their story um, from a conceptual level is really cool. Um, I have one or two that might be cheats. Um, I have there might be one or two that I'm not sure if they're villains or victims. And uh, I think that's all really fun, too. But uh, no, I'm just looking forward to this conversation and seeing what everybody picked, you know. All right. Well, Peter, um, how about this real quick? Did you guys have trouble with this list? (laughs) <laughs> not a, not a, I had trouble in the sense I couldn't narrow it down enough and I probably <laughs> changed like I probably have at least 20 if not more people on here so it was hard to sure. pick you know single 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 people out <laughs> I had a very difficult time with this list <laughs> because well I like horror movies I don't tend to watch a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Audrey tells, she's like, did you see this? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so, um, but I was able to make a list that I was fairly proud of for me. <laughs> that's that's so all I'll that matters. To right? see what, we, what we match on or don't at all. Right. And what I've heard of. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I found this list somewhat easy. I think it was like half and half. It was like, I, I, I looked at the movies by themselves. Like, you know, what are my favorite horror films? Then I was like, scratch that. What are my favorite characters from horror films? Scratch that. What are my favorite actor performances from horror films? Scratch like, it was like <laughs> There was a lot of this. And then I was like, we're talking survivors, though. That doesn't necessarily mean I have to like the movie. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to mean I like the character. Maybe we're just looking at survival instincts. <laughs> you know, when you look at the rules That's of a horror film, it. may not survive if you have sex. You know, never say I'll be right back. You know what I mean? Trust no one. You know what I mean? Like, there are rules. They talk about it in Scream. Um, If the light bulb doesn't turn on, don't go in the basement. (laughs) Don't run upstairs. Go out the door. Right. There are are movies that I finished watching, noticed the basement light was on, and decided those will wait till the morning. Like, you don't, you know. Um, Besides the uh, meta scream quoting, the one trope that always drives me crazy in horror movies is when somebody is locked in their house, sitting comfortably in their bed, and they hear a sound outside, like in their backyard or something. Mm -hmm. And then they go look at outside and they can't see what made the sound. So then they choose to leave their house. It's so annoying. It's like, why would you leave? Just stay in your house. You're safe inside. Why are you chasing after danger right here? I Not don't just know. your house, but leave the door open that behind just, you. I was just going to say, leave the door open. because. <laughs> smile, yeah. We watched Smile not too long ago, Audrey and her husband and I. And again, that was one that I didn't know what I was getting into because they were like, let's watch this. I'm like, cool. Have you seen that, Pete? Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Okay, so there was one scene, I don't want to spoil anything because I know Andy hasn't yep. seen it, but there was one scene with her cat, and I, I like, looked at Audrey, and I, like, audibly gasped, and she's like, what? I'm like, and I said it out loud, and she's like, you think? And then, you know, ten minutes later, you see it, and I was like, eh, crap. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's like, why is the door open? The door wasn't open before. Why is it? It's like, stop doing these things. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I get out. Um, so anyway, Peter, uh, you volunteered, uh, off air before we started this, you volunteered to pick first tonight. So 
What do you got? <laughs> um, so I do have two honorable mentions. So I don't know about everybody else, but uh, either way, uh, that means I can go first. Um, I also have two. I also had two. I have at least one for sure. Okay. So, so yeah. the first the first character I went with is uh, her name's Grace Ladomus. Nice. Uh, officially but you can just the movie pretty much refers to her as grace because she was newly married and that's how she gets that last name but she's from the movie ready or not um i don't know who all here is familiar with this one in it very good movie i have not seen it but audrey told me all about it <laughs> did you see it drew or no uh yes i have okay okay awesome so <laughs> erica is the only odd man out for this one i guess but I uh, okay yeah, so this, she told me so go for it this movie is great because it's just you watch this woman get married like she's just newly married and uh, the wedding goes great and everything. And after the ceremony and the reception, she has to go into her husband's parents like mansion that they live in and they do this weird ritual. And the ritual is and I can't remember how they decide. I I can't remember if it's like a wheel she has to spin or if it's a card she, she draws, has to draw. She draw a card. I think okay. she draws a card. Yeah, she draws a card and then the family plays a game. And this is a tradition the family does for everybody who gets married into the family. And uh, you can pick like a number of games, but the card she draws is hide and seek. Um, and she had no idea, but that has very ominous um, repercussions because basically what she's entering into is hide and seek means she has to run from the rest of her husband's family trying to kill her all throughout the night. And uh, you find out that hide and seek is the one, it's the one card that would cause this to happen. And she had the sore luck of this happening to her. And uh, I don't want to spoil too much. So like you find out through the, the movie, like why they do this, why this ritual takes place, what are the repercussions for it. But the reason I went with Grace is because, like, one, the movie's an awesome movie. It sounds really dark, but it's actually just a lot of just, like, it's got that good, high-energy, sort of, like, gory fun to it. Um, also, like, it's really cool seeing this woman get married into this family and having no clue what's going on and seeing her have to step up and like the movie is like just as much a horror movie as it is an action film and have seeing her just being thrust into this kind of like survival horror situation and her basically having to turn into a badass overnight and fight all these people off it's just such a cool like really quick bit of character development that uh i really love for this one and uh yeah this movie just to me it's like kind of the the full package because it has the humor it's got the scares the gore the action but it also has like crazy weird like conspiracy thriller elements and it, it's kind of all over the place but uh i really loved this one so uh yeah that's my first pick all right um I'll go next and we'll loop around. Since she doesn't have an honorable, she only has the one I will mention. We'll just go, for it. go that way if that's all right. Um, my first one is Alice from Resident Evil. Oh. Um, nice. I thought this one. She's a legitimate survivor. Like, I mean, I don't have much to say about it. She's kind of like a little enhanced, if you will. So she's got a little bit of an edge, but mm -hmm. she's got those survival instincts. But mm -hmm. I was, I love that first movie. The first movie specifically, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Um, after that, um, they're okay, and then it trails off a bit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But that first one I thought was fantastic. So yeah, Alice, I don't have much to say about it. Just, I think everyone should watch that movie just because I think it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I, thought, this one too, I, I thought, thought of this one too, and I think it's a great pick. I just, it didn't make my list because on a scale of survivability, like she is uh, like artificially enhanced. And I just felt like it was kind of a cheat in that way. But at the same way as it is an honorable mention. And I did, I did think of this one. So I do think it's yeah. a good pick, you know. <laughs> Um, Audrey, honorable mention. Randall McMurphy, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Damn. Wow. This is like a personal hell for me. Okay. <laughs> Specifically the end where like, sure, he survived, but at what cost? <laughs> you know? Like, and I never would have categorized as a horror movie, ooh, so really? that's amazing. Even with Nurse Ratchet? No. Okay, okay good on okay, you. Okay, yeah, deal. Amazing. Um, and because, yeah, sure, maybe not stereotypical horror made my honorable different to everybody, but, yeah. Um, yeah, just, and not that I would try and, like, con my way into a facility and mm -hmm. then, you know, find the need to get out, but um, being <laughs> there and being stuck mm -hmm. and, you know, that's. Yeah, no, that's, that's sheer pretty terror. terrifying. Yeah, there, there was there wasn't a rule that you have to do what these characters. <laughs> no, but like that's what you oh, know. But I need repick. They're so relatable, and you know, like oh, I, get, I get what you mean. Humanizing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was my my first my honorable. All mention. right, and then to keep this going, unfortunately, it's going to throw it back to Peter. Go for it. So, Peter, what do you got for your second honorable mention? Yeah, my second honorable mention, I feel like should be higher on my list, but I have a reason why he's an honorable mention. Um, I went with uh, Danny Torrance from uh, The Shining and Dr. Sleep. And uh, the reason he's an honorable mention is because he doesn't make it through the movie Dr. Sleep. Now, I've never read the book, but apparently he's actually survived through the end of the book. Um, I don't know if you any of you guys have read that Um but I just, I really like The Shining a lot. I think it's a really cool story. There's a lot of different angles to it. Like, it's one of those movies you can watch over and over again and pull something different out of it, whether it be like, you know, what did they really mean about this? Or, you know, what does that thing in the background mean there? And uh, I think, I, I know Dr. Sleep as a film was kind of very um, divisive for some reason, but I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good movie like I thought it was really enjoyable Ewan McGregor was great in it um yeah so he's my next pick I don't know uh anybody's thoughts on this one but this one's really he's a survivor survivor from The Shining but not Dr. Sleep at least the movie version so I didn't know if he counted <laughs> I would say so I mean survived the first event you know <laughs> you still considered a survivor I mean you made my list list so yeah I would say so <laughs> um that's a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> um, you looked like you were going to say something else specifically about him. Though. Um, also, uh, Mike Flanagan. I was going to say yeah. we had been talking about him. I want to say he directed that as as well. So right. <laughs> Anybody and it's my list of yeah, Mike exactly. Flanagan things to watch. Um, but the book was really good too. Um, it did a really solid job, and it's a lot of story to tell. So for the film, it did a really good job. Um. There, he kills off a couple characters that don't necessarily die in the book, so that was kind of, you know. But I think Pete, you should read, you should read it if you've read, if you read The Shining. It was, it was a good one. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's I, uh, I definitely read slow, 
but I'll put it on the list. I'm definitely really interested in it, so <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> you yeah, audiobooks, yeah. Um, so my next honorable mention is Tree Goldman uh, by from the movie Happy Death Day, mm. uh, played by Jessica Rath. Now, this is one that I chose specifically because of an acting performance. Um, yeah, she's a survivor, right? Um, I had a lot of fun with these movies, and if you've been listening to the shows for a while, you know that I've enjoyed these movies, and I've talked about them before. But this is one where, like, acting performance, facial expressions, um, movements on camera, like, some of it's clear. Some When you watch an actor on camera, you get a lot of – some of it's given direction by your directors, but then sometimes the actor is still making their choice as an actor because they're trying to build characters and stuff. Um, this girl, she's absolutely wonderful even in the, like, the tender moments. Like, yeah, there's the scary scenes and stuff, but she still has, like, real person, like, moments in these movies. And it's only the two films, but she's just really, really good in this role. And I've looked up the rest of her stuff she's in, but it's like, and I'm like, she should be in other things. Like, she should be a bigger name, but she's kind of not. Like, she's kind of doing all these, like, smaller things, which is fine. But it's like, I kind of want to see her in something else, you know? Um, but I just thought she was really, really good. Um, and this was totally one I chose on an acting level specifically, but, um, I don't know. Have you guys seen those movies? Like you have, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, they were- Audrey has Peter. Have you seen them? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> like the pause yeah. of like, these are head. good films. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really think of her, but I, th- I feel like this is just a good call. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much to I mean, count. It's also an honorable mention, so it's not like, you know, there's I, I edged her out, unfortunately. <laughs> but um all right, Audrey, second honorable mention. Um Finny from Black Phone. I don't know if you I have not watched Black Phone. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet either. Basically, um there's news around town some saying somebody's like snatching kids off the street and Finney like spoiler alert we're talking about survivors but like Finney <laughs> is one of the kids that's snatched and um he makes it's it to uh, Ethan Hawke who's <laughs> the the guy in a mat in the mask um and it's I don't know it's like I, I don't know like I said it's like how I think when I watch movies like that, it's, oh, man, how would, like, I put myself in that person's shoes. And this was another one where it was just like, okay, you're in a cell, dirt floors, bars on a window, bars by the door, the door's locked on the other side. You've got a phone in the cell with you. Like, what what, what are my options here? What can I do to, to get out of this place? And that movie, he did. It's a, it's got a little like ghosty element to it too, but like it, it was a solid film and yeah, he, he fought tooth and nail. <laughs> nice. Right. Um, yeah, sounds awesome. This is a movie that got a ton of hype for a hot minute there and I haven't heard anybody bring up black phone in a while, <laughs> but this is a good reminder that I got to check it out actually. <laughs> a short story is uh, worth the read as well. So Joe Hill. <laughs> oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I don't think I knew it was Joe Hill. So, I wanna say okay. yeah, it's Joe Hill, which is Stephen King's son yeah. for those who <laughs> those of you who don't know that's Stephen King's son. Because <laughs> the king of horror couldn't have a kid named Joe King. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he actually he picked that as a pen name because he didn't want to like rely on his uh, father's name, you know. Right. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, all right, Erica, finally you get to speak. What, well, uh... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reverse it because you can't see my list. I'm going to put Danny Torrance as my um, other one, too, because I'm going to push somebody up. Oh, changing at the end. I'm gonna change it right here, right now. You can't see my list. Did I talk you out of it, though? <laughs> what? Did I talk you out of it? Not at all. I just okay. feel like another one. I realized I have seven on my list, and I one of them wasn't really a survivor, so I'm gonna go. Oh. It was. I'll explain it later, but yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, Peter. First actual picks, so and now we're on to our actual top five. Uh, what do you got for me? Yeah, um, speaking of Stephen King, I actually went with another one of his characters. Um, I actually went with uh, Richie Tozier, or Tozier, from uh, Stephen King's It. Um, This is the character who, from the uh, newer It movies, is played by Finn Wolfhard and uh, Bill Hader. And um, I think this is a character that I love because he's he's not like the toughest guy out there. He's not the bravest guy out there. But I related to him so much with how he is the funny guy. And that sounds kind of cliche, but I think they did a really good job in those films um, and the book. I'm kind of still slowly trudging through the book just because I haven't been reading it, (laughs) reading it often. But they do such a good job of making him the guy like the stereotypical um, guy who uses humor as a coping mechanism or to... uh, you know, disguise his uh, cowardly moments and stuff. And I really I really related to that. And uh, it's kind of crazy because in the movie, um, his adult version is played by Bill Hader. But I actually think I got more laughs out of uh, when Finn Wolfhard played him in the first film. Like, I think Finn Wolfhard just knocked that role out of the park. And I remember seeing that in theaters and just the whole audience just cracking up at every line. But uh no, yeah, Richie Tozier, I think he's, I think he might be the character I relate to the most out of the It cast, but uh, yeah, he definitely is one of my favorite uh, survivors, so I had to, I had to uh, call him out, so um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, so my next pick is probably one of the most famous horror survivors, and it's Laurie Strode uh, from Halloween. Yeah, good call. Uh, I mean, if you really put it into perspective, and did we match on this? Yeah. Okay. We did. So Erica and I matched on this. Um, did we match on this? No. Peter, I mean, did we match on this? She's almost, almost. She she almost made my list, but uh, yeah, she she's great. I think there's just a couple other ones I picked for personal reasons, but no, she's one of the top time like all time best horror survivors, you know. No, she is, and like when you just put into perspective, like you know, um the number of Halloween movies, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, you have your one, two, three, so on and so on. And then you get to Halloween H2O and she's a mom and you're like, okay, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. So, and now she's like grandma level, like Halloween, like this past one that came out and still Mm -hmm. a badass. So yeah, she's kind of like the ultimate survivor. I thought about putting her higher on the list, but as I was like making this, I'm like, no, she'll stay here at this slot. So yeah. Um, any other words on that, Peter? Or no. <laughs> well, I just think it's like kind of like what I was saying about uh, Ready or Not, like that movie, like um, Laurie Strode's a character who you see throughout a full series go from like kind of this regular teenage girl to being like a total badass. And it's like if you watch the most recent Halloween movies, like she just doesn't mess around like she is really badass and really prepared. And it's such a cool 
character to watch go through that arc. Um, but also just like I feel like, you know, there's like that coin, like certain actresses are like uh, scream queens and stuff. And I feel like that's always used as a disparaging term in a lot of ways. But I feel like with Laurie Strode, um, I don't know why I'm so bad with actresses' names. Amy Lee Curtis. I don't know what it is lately. I can't. I don't know. I'm horrible. Anyways, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, she I feel like she um, has always been like such a respected actress, even though she has been in a lot of horror movies, including Halloween. But it's like I remember when the the Scream Queens series came out. And of course, she you know, she was a huge role in that series. And it's just kind of interesting to me that she's always been like highly regarded, even though there's other actresses who have done so much horror that haven't been but i guess it's just because jamie lee curtis has branched out in so many ways um besides just like the halloween movies but no yeah this is a good call it's i feel like you could go on and on about this pick you know what i mean um uh yeah i don't know eric did, erica did you say you matched with them though did you have did. a good match on this one do you have any thoughts on this like i just think it's it, for me it was the the progression like you said across all of them and admittedly i've missed a few in the middle there but I think it's just watching her again be this naive teenager at the very first one you don't know what to expect and then as you're watching them it's almost like well they can't kill her off now well Mm -hmm. she's gonna she gotta survive the next one right like she's not gonna be gone yet and then like you said she's a grandma and she's like this badass and you see her on the screen you're like great like what's she gonna do now yeah you're like what's she gonna do now like she's like it's Halloween again better get my knife out you know what I mean like Shit's gonna go down again. So yeah. I think the that, arsenal that I have. 364 the days of the year I can relax. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's a game time. <laughs> um yeah. uh all right, Audrey, what do you got? First pick. Um Justine from the Green Inferno. I, I don't, know, don't know this at all, but that's okay. all right. Um Pete, have you seen <laughs> no, I'm I'm very aware of the f- this film. I never actually watched it though. It looked really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Visually, you know, all I don't of the... I don't know what this is. So what's it okay, about? Like... So it's basically about a group of students who travel to uh, like the jungle somewhere to try and As I don't they know do. if it's like for religious <laughs> reasons or they're trying to actually educate these people, but like they're trying to make contact with this tribe and very much like um, Midsummer, they have somebody that's like already knows the students and is going to like guide them there. Um, long story short, this tribe has like never seen people before and they have like, they do crazy ritualistic things to you for the sake of gods and like ants are involved. And um, I don't ants. know if you've ever seen <laughs> the image of like Barbie, like, on a stick yeah that's from this movie basically oh yeah yeah oh but this woman you're you're thrown in the middle of a jungle i think they survive a plane crash like you're you don't know the language you don't know anything about what's going on or even what's going to happen to you and she she figures it out like it and it's it's a wild ride and there's it's 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 a good one. I don't know. It's it's very unsettling if you were to watch it. Is this <laughs> is this one of those movies? That's on article. Eli Roth. 
Oh, yeah, that makes there sense. I, there was some there's, art- there's that. There was an article I was reading a while ago. I mean, this was years ago that I read this article about um, horror films that were like, these people were basically like, you need to show me proof that the actor's still alive. Horror mm. films. Because, like, the stuff that happened to them in the movie was, it was the practical the effects and death. everything were so real. The faces of death, well, there's right? faces of death yeah. for sure, but, like, so real that you need to sh- prove to me that the person's still alive. Oh, gosh. Um, and I feel like that was one of them. Oh. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe. That would be a fun fact. <laughs> I could be wrong, but, um, yeah, I feel like that was one of them. Much like, um, what was the, the editor who had, um, because of Saw 10, or right? oh, yeah. Saw 10, the editor had the police called yeah. on him because he right. was editing the movie and his houses were too loud. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe like, uh, excuse me, sir. Oh, um, awesome. All right, Peter, uh, next pick. <laughs> I was thinking, and then the cops show up, and he's like, no, me and my friends are just playing Halo in here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, since uh, Audrey brought it up, um, I actually went with uh, Danny Arter from Midsummer for uh, for one of my picks. So I guess I'll mention her. But um, I think her story is so interesting because, first of all, she's definitely like the main survivor of this film. But you watch the movie and the way it ends, and I really don't want to spoil this, but you don't really know whether she's a villain or a victim and the film is so nuanced and that's part of what I love about it. But it's about like this group of college kids who go on this uh, trip to Sweden with uh, one of their friends who's from uh, this commune in Sweden and he takes them there for uh, this midsummer festival. And uh, this is a very rural, very isolated group of people who have very weird rituals, very weird beliefs, very weird thoughts as far as like life and death goes that very much so differ from, uh, you know, things that like the average Western movie goer would believe. And uh, the movie plays out in such a weird way. But I love how they take Danny, who has such a horrible situation going on with her, uh, her family life or lack thereof, and uh, the sort of trials and tribulations of her relationship. And she's kind of thrust into this weird cultic commune. And the way that she integrates with that, I find so interesting. And you watch the movie and you're sitting there going like, I don't want to agree with this, but I can also see where she's coming from, but I know it's wrong. And it's so, it's such an interesting take on a character. So that's why I went with her. I just think, I think that movie is really genius in a lot of ways. And uh, I don't know if all of you have seen it. I feel like I've already said too much, but I also don't think I've said that much. (laughs) I I haven't seen it. Um, Yeah seen it and uh all of Ari Aster's movies are are pretty good pretty good like really good and um uh, I'd say Danny like it happens within the first 10 minutes you said like family or lack thereof yes yes her, her sister literally murders her parents and then kills herself so like that coupled like you said with like what's going on relationship wise with her like and then this opportunity arises like 
sure, fuck it. Or I'm sorry, like like we'll just. <laughs> it's all good. You know, it's I'm just gonna an episode. Pick it's up and go to Europe and just fun. kind of yeah, fix it It's a Halloween episode. It's yeah, I know. <laughs> Our special yeah. R-rated episode of the. That's right. Oh yes, at night. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first person to drop an F-bomb on the show, so don't worry about it. I mean, I did last I time. We were probably yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zachary Levi dropped a lot of them because uh, oh, so that's right. yeah. Anyway. No, I I agree with your choice, Pete. This was this is a she's a good survivor. She yeah survived a lot, not just physically but men- mentally as well. All right. Yeah. Anything else on that one, Peter? You haven't seen this movie, have you? Absolutely no. not. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you've seen this one yet, Drew, but it is it is like okay. I've already said too much, so I don't want to say more sort of oh, thing. Okay, that's fair. All right, so my next one is Anna. From Dawn of the Dead, um, the Zack Snyder one specifically, um, played by Sarah Polly. Um, she, honestly, she just has really good instincts. Like, have you guys seen Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one? No? You're shaking. You're, like, rolling your eyes as you shake your head at me. Because <laughs> I told you guys before this, spoiler alert, I haven't seen a lot that okay. you've seen. <laughs> All right. Um, I love how the movie opens where, because she's a nurse at a hospital. She's either a nurse or a doctor. That That is not made clear. Irrelevant. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. She's in scrubs. But she's working her shift at the hospital. She's in her scrubs. And she's while she's, tra- it's the opening credits. And she's just doing her stuff at the hospital. And the news cameras are showing the zombie invasion happening. Or the zombie apocalypse is like happening. Like the car accidents, the plane crashes, the trains, like whatever is going on in the news. And she's like, just whatever working on her day and she leaves and she goes home. Um, you know, she goes to bed with her husband, you know what I mean? Like they, they have a nice night, they wake up in the morning and the little kid's standing in the hallway and they're like, are you okay? Or have you not seen the movie? I, so I always confuse. Like you're looking the at me like. Yeah, movies are, is this the one where they're in the mall? Yeah, this is okay. the one in the mall. Okay, yes, yes. And I literally know. like they wake up and they see the little girl standing in the hallway with the blood on her like like nightgown and like are you okay and Mm -hmm. the girl like jumps on her husband like rips his neck out like it's absolutely like one of the it's a gut-wrenching terrifying like opening sequence because you know we're building the zombie thing and then they have this amazing zombie like thing and then she gets in the car and like she rushes out gets in the car he chases her out now as a zombie and she gets in the car trying to drive away and now she sees all the other chaos going on and she's like trying to get away and that's when they finally show you the title. Hmm. Like, you don't see the title until that point. Um, And then, obviously, they get to the mall, but she just has all these great, you know, um, instinctual choices. She just makes smart decisions throughout the whole thing. And if you watch the end credits, there's a chance she didn't die. (laughs) She definitely makes it to the credits. Have you ever watched the end credits of that movie? I don't know. If you sit through them about halfway through the credits... Because they get on the boat at the end of the movie. Yeah. Spoiler. They get on a boat. At, they get on a boat at the end of the movie. Because the idea was we got to get down to the we got to get down to the wharf. We'll get on a yacht and we'll go. You know what I mean? So everyone in the mall with them is going to get right, on the yacht. They use the armor. Mm-hmm. They they yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So they get on the boat at the end. And this is by the way one of the first movies that they made zombies run. Because Zack Snyder Ooh. felt because Zack Snyder felt that if the zombies run, it's more terrifying. So this is one of the first ones where the zombies actually have speed. I've always they're always lumbering. This is zombies in full speed, right? And um, so they get to the boat and they take off, and you're like, sweet, they made it, and they roll the credits. Well, about halfway through the credits, 
the cameras come back on and the zombie dot the zombie the boat docks on an island to get supplies and there's more zombies and then they cut again there (laughs) so you don't actually know and then and then the credits finish out with like zombie noises and like munching sounds and like you know so you don't don't really (laughs) know but the movie's great it's one it's probably one of my favorite zombie movies and it's the one and it's got the most and it's got the the one scene in it that makes me squirm every time it's because the woman's pregnant and then she gives birth and the baby and it's a zombie right. baby that she gives oh, birth to yes. and like <laughs> right. it's all coming back to me now yeah that's oh. the that's the hard one and like but that's i have a problem when stuff happens to pregnant women mm-hmm. like that's like a kids man it's yeah. just not yeah. i know you know, um, but, but yeah no anna from <laughs> anna from dawn of the dead um yeah yeah, there you go. Yeah, th- this is a great call for everything you just said, Drew. And I love that you mentioned the end credits because I was going to bring that up. I was going to be like, well, did she actually survive? <laughs> yeah. Ambiguous endings to horror movies is what makes this genre so fun. But uh, one of my favorite things about um, Dawn of the Dead, the uh, remake, is that so if you think of the late 2000s, like 2009, 2010, I remember. The Walking Dead was coming out. We had Zombieland. If you went to a comic convention, there was just zombie stuff everywhere. It was like zombie fever. And this movie definitely predated that by a couple of years. Yeah. It was like this movie and 28 Days Later came out before the big zombie boom. And I think that's really cool, too, you know? That was the yeah, yeah. movie I was going to... Yeah, same. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Audrey. Um, I went with... Um, and I put I put both of them on here because both movies are pretty similar to each other. But um, Owen and or Oscar from uh, Let Me In or Let the Right One In. Well, OK. I don't know if if you've, if I've, you've seen, seen this. I've seen Let Me In. Is that oh. the American version? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. I have not. Um, it's like, I have not either. <laughs> It's a low-key <laughs> vampire movie. Oh, um, well, that makes me feel bad that I've not seen this because I you can I love it. vampire movies. Yeah, it's so. a, a Swedish or you know, like Pete said, the the American is it, is it Swedish or is it Sweden? Oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> you know what I'm talking no. about. Well, you don't you know what watch the Sweden version of Let Me In. <laughs> let the right one hold on hold on quick pause you don't know what a sweeted film is no what's what is it oh audrey okay, okay. have is you seen like be kind rewind did you see the movie be kind yes. rewind oh yeah. yeah that's or like um spotless eternal sunshine of the spotless mind sure but be kind Same rewind practical. is where it comes from because when they go to the video store and because the video store the videos all got erased and yeah. they're like well we don't have it but we have the swedish version or the sweden version is what they say and they're like well i'll rent that anyway and they give them the one that they made and oh, they're like oh because they had okay. to replace yes. every movie yes. so they're like remaking every film oh, man. um on their own with like bad props and everything oh, yeah, and it becomes this like and it becomes this phenomenon yeah Could the sweden version that's, okay. that's hilarious <laughs> that's why he laughed because peter I and i see. joke about that all the time oh, man. So, so like this is such a good film. Like it's like a coming of age, like vampire drama. Like it's really, it's really well done. And like the idea of the sweeted version of this is just so stupid. <laughs> like, it, it totally ruined the movie, you know? <laughs> right. Like the blood would be ketchup and it would be, you know, instead of 
I don't just like dark and moody. It would just be <laughs> yeah. people in a room with no lights, or you know, instead of being He's at got night. Two neighborhood kids to play the yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, and I don't know. A lot of I think the the movies I picked were like <laughs> they survived, but at what cost? And um, but this kid he en- endures so much bullying, and you know, it's 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 sad. It's I mean, he gets his justice, like, but also with, I would say, consequence. And um, I don't know, it's, it's it, like, that's probably the perfect way to describe it, like a coming of age vampire movie, just with, you know, what he goes through with, um, and I forget the, the, the girl's name, um, but just. Yeah, and it's it's kind of gripping sure. too, but sure. it's it's fun. <laughs> it kind of has that. This is gonna sound silly, but it has that sort of like you know how The Dark Knight is just a really good crime movie, but it mm-hmm. happens to be a superhero film. Yeah. That's kind of like this movie is just like a really good like coming of age. Yeah, like noir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but then it happens to have this crazy paranormal element of the vampire stuff in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was my pick. All right, great. Uh, Erica, your turn. Okay, so we were having the conversation about did you pick because of the movie, or the character, or whatever. Um, being 41, we grew up in a great time of teen movies <laughs> when we uh-huh. were of that age, and this is going to be Aunt, uh, Drew's favorite because, spoiler alert, he's actually never seen the end of this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> But my my pick is Julie James or Jennifer Love Hewitt's character from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Nice. <laughs> and again, I have seen this movie probably eight billion times. I'm pretty confident I saw it in the theater like 15 when we were. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah it was wow. like one of those like we just kept going back because I loved it so much. We were like the perfect age. Um, Drew's never seen the end, which is hilarious to me there's a reason i've never seen the end of this movie but continue what you're saying so but julie james jennifer love hewitt's character again all of the tropes of teenage horror movies you know people were having sex people were walking in the dark by themselves you know and it's the whole you know we i I don't think there's a spoiler i really like what i saw of the film (laughs) i was just gonna say i'm gonna blow your mind you've never seen it (laughs) i i Uh, like in oh passing, God. the same way you watch movies on TBS during sure. a party, Fair. you know, like <laughs> you know, commercials. I'm getting every other line, okay. you know, so I'm familiar. But yeah, no, I've never sat down and actually. Peter, you've seen the whole movie, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, this is. I'll oh, keep going, Erica. Long story short, it's the it's the classic high school trope, but this is the one that starts with they did something wrong right and it's that do we it's that morality check do we don't we and she's really the only one at the beginning who's like we gotta say something and everybody else convinces her otherwise and they all start getting picked up one by one and she's not the only survivor though she is because ray from prince jr also survives Mm. now i don't remember i still know what you did last summer that well (laughs) so i want to say they survived that one but are they both in it corrections corner later i don't i don't remember exactly for sure um but it's just fun it's got you know the guy in the raincoat with the hook on it's like it's like urban legends with 
you know, a horror movie a with teenage. There was yeah. a string. It was like yeah. this scream, urban yes. legend. There was a string yes. of this. You put yes, yeah. you put all those in there, and it's it was good. So that was one that it was when you guys gave me this list. I was like, I can't do this, and then this one came in mind, and I was like, I could do this, and then so. No, I, I think this is a good pick, and I feel like this is a character who's kind of like a unsung, like, final girl from uh, horror movies and stuff like that. But I, um, oh, related to the trope, or no, related to the string of movies, that's what I was going to say, is <laughs> you had, in the 90s, you had, like, Scream came out, and it kind of put, like, teen horror movies on the map, like it hadn't been in, like, 10 years or so. Yeah. And so, yes... I know you, what you did last summer comes out like shortly after that. And yes, it has all those classic ridiculous slasher tropes, but because it came out in the drought of teen horror movies that was going on, they all felt new. And so it makes sense that this movie really did feel new and exciting and stuff like that. Um, well, and it also had, again, that morality thing because all good teenage movies have to have a good guy, bad guy thing, right? Like they had to have that, they made a decision and now they have to pay for it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, the other thing I was going to say is like, yes, like the scare, like the first scary movie, like oh, borrowed so a lot from Scream, but some of the best jokes were gags based on the, uh, I know what you did last summer tropes, yeah. like some yeah. of the, uh, the notes that the characters got and stuff. Um, and then just related to the second movie, I the second one's really fun because they go to like a tropical resort and then, <sighs> I don't know if it's the same killer. I can't remember if it was somebody else killing them off. But uh, my favorite part of the second movie is when Jack Black shows up. Yes. Just the uh, stoner pothead guy who happens. Did you not know he was in the movie? Yes, I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> the look on Audrey's face when you said Jack Black, like, I didn't know this. She's like, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's weird that I've seen the whole thing of the second film. But I've but not, not the seen first. the first one. Now, to, under, to understand this real quick side <laughs> tangent story. It is one of my favorite Andy stories just because the, he's seen literally everything the, but this. <laughs> the, the girl I'm dating, the high school girlfriend at the time. Um, I hope, Michelle, I hope you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, Sarah Michelle Geller? What? No. We, we went to see the movie. She really wanted to see it. So we went out. It was date night, whatever. We're 16. We're going to go see the movie 16, 17, whatever we were at the time. She drove to the theater. Um, it's right about the time in the movie where Sarah Michelle Gellar dies. It's like literally moments before Sarah Michelle Gellar's death in the movie. And she leans over to me and goes, this is really creeping me out. I got to take a minute. And she just gets up and leaves the theater. And me, being a good boyfriend, got up and followed. Like I literally it was like 10 seconds of what just happened. And then I got up and followed her out. Um, and we got out to the lobby and she's like, I'm really sorry. Like, this really was freaking me out, whatever. And I'm like, that's okay. I go, what do you want to do? And she's like, are you okay if we just go? And I'm like, well, she drove. So I can't be like, well, can I finish? And I, and like, just come back like literally, <laughs> literally, it's like, I can't be like, I can I finish the movie? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like, we I was really bring it like, on to the screen next right, door. Exactly. <laughs> she's like, do you mind if we go and just get some ice cream or something? I'm like, that's totally cool. So we left the theater. So I get to school the next day and I'm talking to my buddy about it. And he's like, dude, you know, him and his girlfriend went and saw it. And he's like, dude, what do you think? I was like, well, I didn't get to see the end. I told him the whole thing. He's like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, do you want me to tell you what happened? I go, not yet, because I'm going to try and see. I'm going to try and see the movie again. Right. So 
by the way, by the way, my buddy, I eventually did have him tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. So I know, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I have attempted to rewatch the movie several times. And I know, I know, just pick it up where you left off, right? No, I want to watch the movie. So I've attempted to rewatch the movie. However, in these several times I've done this, there has always been something that has stopped me at the exact same spot every time I've attempted to watch that movie. He's not meant to watch it. I am not meant to see the end of the movie. And if I do, that's the end of the world. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert, Julie survives. (laughs) I've seen the second one. So I know. <laughs> and, and we get one of the best that I still do to people all the time. The, what do you want from me? Where she's just in her tiny white tank top. I don't do that part. But the tiny white tank top standing out screaming in a street. Was she, was, Jennifer so, Love Hewitt. was that the first one? or was The that first the, one. Okay. Because I remember that scene, that, but I thought about, that was, was that the white on. tank top? No, no. Or was that second one in the bikini that was shot? Early, like, no, that was early on. Yeah, another trope. <laughs> another trope, yeah. So yeah, that was my oh, Peter. My last comment on the movie is that, Drew, what you should have told your girlfriend back in the day is like, you know, we really got to stay and finish the movie because in a few decades, I'm probably going to be on a podcast talking about the movie and I just have to have seen it all the way through. And she's like, are you from the future? And what's she a would podcast? go, what's a podcast? <laughs> so there are, you know, in the realm of, in the realm That's of, so if you had a time, machine. if you had a time machine and can go back to fix something, that's literally not the place I thought I would go, but maybe that's where I thought I should go. It's giving you some thought, though, hasn't like, it? That's kill baby Hitler or watch I know what you did. <laughs> yes. Um, that was a double one for me. It was like a double win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this throws it back to Peter. Okay, um, we've kind of been laughing and joking around a lot, and uh, oh, that's perfect. Get serious. <laughs> No, no, my next pick is probably the dumbest one on my list, <laughs> but I had to do it. I just had to do it. I went with uh, Wallace Brighton, who is Justin Long's character from the Kevin Smith movie Tusk. <laughs> this is oh this is God, like this movie. <laughs> the most. What was that? I said, oh, my God, this movie. Oh, okay, awesome. This is the most divisive movie. Most people hate this movie because oh. this is about the guy. Really He's a podcaster guy. and he does podcasts like just interviewing interesting people. And he kind of answers a want ad. Up, He like drives up to, to Canada to uh, I think he was going to meet up with somebody else. And uh, his interview falls through. And then he sees this want ad for uh, this guy who wants somebody to spend company, you know, spend some time with him. And it's this old sailor guy. And uh, he kind of goes into this interview and uh, he ends up being basically kidnapped by the guy. And the guy slowly (laughs) starts mutilating Justin Long to turn him into a walrus because that's what you do. But it's basically (laughs) because that's this old old man basically. was stranded on an island by himself at one point. And uh, in his, like, in this dire moment, there was, like, a walrus that was at sea that kind of gave him hope and kept him company. And he's been kind of trying to relive that moment in his old age. And uh, this movie is silly. This movie's ridiculous. It's Honestly, I think it's based off of, like, a goofy Reddit post or something that Kevin Smith read at one point. Based off an article Kevin Smith read. And if you listen to his podcast, he read the article, thought it was interesting, and they joked about it on a podcast for, like, three episodes. Oh, shut up. And then they did a whole episode where they jokingly put together the whole film. And then 
you didn't hear about it for like months. And then on his podcast, he's like, so remember when we were talking about this thing? We did a um, We have a script now. And <laughs> huh. so if you actually, if you actually watch the movie in the credits, there's actually that clip from the podcast when they were first coming up with this idea for the movie like he has that in the credits of the actual film i just couldn't remember if it was an article or a reddit post or what it was but this movie is ridiculous i i'm one of the few people who like i really like the movie tusk like i really like the sort of like 80s ridiculous cheesy gore stuff and i feel like that kind of follows those sort of tropes but it's also just like this weird indie movie that shouldn't exist. Um, I remember there's there was one moment. Um, I work uh, remotely mostly now, but I remember one moment at uh, my job in the office. We would like in the room I was in, we had a TV and we used to just play movies or TV shows on it all day. And uh, it was around Halloween and we were all putting on different horror movies and it got to the point where you know you watch so many nightmare on elm streets you watch so many Friday the 13th i'm like i want to put tusk on and just see what everybody does and uh it was really funny to see there's some people in the room who are very like wtf am i watching and then there were some people who were like trying to analyze it like you know this isn't realistic like how how is the skin actually being grafted to his body and how is he not getting infected and stuff like that but uh, basically, in a nutshell, I just love that this movie is about a guy who gets turned into a walrus. So he's definitely the victim of this horror horror movie. But if you watch until the end, he survives and he's still in, in walrus form. And that's just kind of how he has to live through his days. And he has that mental break where he's basically embracing his new walrus-like nature. Um, and I love that this movie is kind of like, you know, Justin Long's character is kind of an asshole, so it's like, is he getting his just desserts? But at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's an asshole, but did he deserve to get turned into a walrus? <laughs> so right. like, ambiguity I, there too. So answer those online ads, man. Um, like just just as a quick note, Michael Parks is a phenomenal, phenomenal actor, and him in that movie is just bone chilling. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, guy. Oh, okay, okay. turns him into, but he's also, um, did you see Red State? Yes. Okay. I was just going to say another He's Kevin's the preacher. Michael Parks it. is the preacher from Red State. Oh, okay. He's okay. the main preacher. Okay. He's also okay. the main, he's also the sheriff that does the investigation in Kill Bill. Uh, oh. um, mm. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to say the, what was the, <laughs> um, oh, yoga hosers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but no, Michael Parks is absolutely phenomenal, and that's like so he's just absolutely chilling in that movie. But yeah, aren't, aren't Harley and Lily Rose Depp in that too? Weren't they the girls in the? Yep. Right? They were. They were. And Johnny's right. in it too, isn't he? Well, yeah, because Johnny's the cop. The cop, right? Yeah. Right, and uh, Harley and Lily Rose Depp are the girls at the convenience store, and right. then they make and, and, then, and then they make the other and they one, do right? Yoga hosers. Yoga hosers. Okay. Yeah. And there's there was supposed to be a third one called Moose Jaws, and uh, I don't know if that's still in the works, but uh, yeah, yeah Smith and talked about that was his Great North trilogy was Great White North trilogy, and apparently Jay just... and Silent Bob are supposed to be in that one. Oh, okay. And it might just be a cameo, but apparently they're supposed to both be in that one. He did just filming something do we I know. know what he finished filming i Ooh, d- I, I don't but i also know that he's been trying to do um 
Mallrats 2 for a very oh, long time. Okay. Yes, please do it. And there's been there's <laughs> been uh, posts that he's done and uh, screenshots of stuff, and he's been like, you know, hey, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I can tell you what I'm working on yet, but I smell a rat. Like he says stuff like that sometimes, and you're just like, really? Tell me more. What do we? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the Mallrats announcement. But. Um. Back in the day, sorry, just to throw another comment. I know we've been going on a lot for this one. Uh, just because I've listened to like so much of the uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old podcast, um, back in the day, Kevin Smith actually did allude that Jay and Silent Bob do play like a huge role in Moose Jaws because <laughs> basically you have this monster moose that's been terrorizing this town. And apparently Jay and Silent Bob are like the guys that they get to like take care of that problem is kind of what he thinks. <laughs> I think that's really funny. So we'll see if that ever happens. Florida that they brought into Chicago to try to catch the gator that was in the pond. Like, <laughs> whatever, like, yeah. Totally doesn't fit the what's happening, but became yeah. a hero. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right, moving on, because we're going to be on tangents for the rest of the night. Um, So... We were talking real briefly, Peter, because uh, when Eric and Aubrey got over to my house and we were getting ready to hop on the podcast, and then uh, you mentioned it at the top of the show about how this goes different directions and different versions of horror are different for everybody, and like your creepy is different than my creepy, and um, everyone has their niche subjective thing, right? So I am a massive sci-fi horror fan. Like, I really like sci-fi horror. Uh, one of my favorite films is uh, Event Horizon. And I feel like anytime you're in, like, a horror movie conversation, someone brings up Event Horizon. It's like, yes. And there's always, like, three people in the room, like, yes, it's amazing. And then everyone else doesn't know what you're talking about. Um, but one of my absolute favorite franchise is Alien. So mm-hmm. Ellen Ripley is the next pick on my list. Um, played by Sigourney Weaver. Again. <laughs> fantastic uh survivor aspect but it's she recognizes the threat right away and does everything she can to keep her like tries to help people but keep herself alive in the end and then when you move on film to film it's like stop poking the bear basically like Mm -hmm. stop like you shouldn't be messing with this like i saw this thing in action and everyone and you know paul riser's like it'll be fine we'll bring one back like stop touching things Mm -hmm. you know like right exactly just Just, (laughs) let's let's go nuke it from orbit you know what i mean like so ellen ripley is uh an absolute uh fantastic character in my opinion so yeah I have nothing but good things to say about this character all around badass and I've been her for a couple of Halloweens and <laughs> um, I've got like a little face hugger uh, stuffed animal that I've like attached a string to so you can take pictures like it's attacking you and stuff and no I that's solid such a fun and character. we need more xenomorph stuff yeah, and there's that Hulu week. movie coming yeah. so <laughs> let's get that out finally jeez um Peter, thoughts on Ellen Ripley before we ask Audrey what her pick is? No, it's such a good call. Um, I'm kind of mad that I didn't think of this one. And I think when I was putting my list together, I was thinking just so much about like more just traditional horror films. But this is like one of the, you know, this is one of those characters who's like one of the ultimate horror survivors. You know what I mean? Alien 1 is a, the first Alien film. I mean, I wasn't thinking sci-fi horror. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Alien, the first Alien film is a um, haunted house. Yeah, essentially, mm-hmm. it, that's what the first. That's what the first movie is. That's the idea. Like you're in a haunted house and you have a monster. You know what I mean? And you know, we move on to the second one. It's a bigger house, 
and we have a group of people. Don't split the party. You know what I mean? So, um, at any rate, um, so, uh, Audrey, what's your next pick? My next pick is, um, Margot from the menu. Oh, only in the sense that like she's a survivor, but in like a we were talking about tropes. Mm -hmm. Like Peter, you saw the menu, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So good. She literally has, and I don't I don't want to spoil it too much, but she she talks her way out Uh of a situation and just leaves. Correct. Yeah. That's it. Right. And she's like, yeah. Oh, but so yeah. Yeah. They was yeah. um, She was my pick. Okay. It was just something. Like, oh, I guess, like you, like you said, Pete, why why did I leave the house? I could have just stayed in a house and called the cops, and everything would have <laughs> been great. Day, man. You know? She recognized she the problem yeah, and was like, and removed herself from I'm gonna the go situation. Ahead and get out. <laughs> yeah. I really just want to go home. Can I go here. home? Like, this is, I'm not this into, I'm not decision. into food the way you guys are into yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a movie that took a turn that I wasn't expecting either. I love, right, it was so good, but of. yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter, thoughts on this? You're being quiet. Oh, yeah, it's a really good call. And I do like the whole, like, she kind of just talked her way out of this sort of situation kind of angle. Because I didn't really think about things like that. But it is, like, true. Like, you watch a horror movie and there's so many situations where if you were just, like, smart, you could just get out of. And it's <laughs> a really good example of, like, somebody doing more of, like... It's more of like a subtle solution to the situation, but it's really satisfying when you actually watch it. So, yeah, good call. All right, Erica. Okay, so this is one that you're probably going to argue with me on, but I feel like it's, well, you might, but I don't know. Pearl from Pearl. Oh, villains versus. Villains versus Survivor. Okay. I could. Did you see Pearl? I have not. And you have not. Peter, have you seen it? I just saw um, X, but yeah, I I haven't seen Pearl yet, because those are in the same series, right? Pearl's like the prequel. So I've watched both with Audrey (laughs) and her husband, and we're very excited to watch Maxine whenever that comes out. Um, So without giving anything away, like, I had a hard time with this one because I think she's a victim of her circumstance. She also makes some very bad life choices, but also is sort of in these situations where, like, probably could have made better decisions, but didn't. And the, I don't know, I I just feel like she sort of is a victim, but also sort of, like, survives all of it. So it was one that it was, like, on the the bubble for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the last three minutes of the movie and the credits is probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. No gore, no blood, no nothing. Um, And without giving it away, but it's literally a shot of her smiling and she doesn't blink for what, a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. And they just slowly pan in on her and she she holds it and her eyes are watering. And then they do that thing where they like, it's like, full screen on her and then it like comes in and it like the little black dot like and she disappears it is the creepiest thing without being Mm -hmm. creepy i have ever seen the three of us ended and we were like so something funny right it was like the entire movie all these like gory things that happened and all this stuff and it literally ended and we were like uh we shouldn't light that now like it was one of those that just like still sits with me yeah and so i think that's why i felt like it was a good one because 
the movie was definitely a horror movie. I mean, it's definitely yeah, there's yes. Yeah, but I feel like she sort of kind of walks the line. So and she's still alive at the end. So <laughs> right on, it. right on. All right, uh, Peter, we got two picks left each. So make them good, I guess. This goes yeah. back. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. Uh, my, my second to last pick. Um, this one. I feel like it's a classic character. I had to go with with this one. Um, I went with Sydney Prescott from the uh, Scream series. And this really comes down to Scream is one of my favorite horror franchises. I feel like every movie's knocked out of the park. And I feel like Sydney has been there throughout all six movies. And uh, I actually don't really know or think that that's going to keep up, unfortunately. Like, I don't know if Nev Campbell's going to keep making appearances in these movies, but I think uh, it's really awesome that she's been there all along, and she's kind of been, like, the perfect character. And again, she, like, kind of did start out as a damsel in distress, but by the end of the first movie, she's kind of a badass, and you kind of just keep that going. And she's not necessarily, like, I don't think, unless I'm forgetting something, I don't think she's like that Laurie Strode level where she's got like secret arsenals and stuff of weapons to fight off. <laughs> Definitely not there yet. Yeah, but she just has that sort of like, she knows how to get shit done. She is like a really strong character. She is a badass. She's not going to take any crap from anybody. And it's she's always just a refreshing uh, presence in these movies. Um, when I was thinking, I was definitely going to put Scream on my list. And originally I actually did want to go with uh, Jamie Kennedy's character because I just love his character from uh, those movies. But I think he, he dies in the second one, right? So he didn't really survive for that long. He does die in the second one because yeah. when you see him in the third movie, it's a video he recorded right. as a just in case. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right, right. Because yeah. I, I remember watching the third one, and I'm like, well, where's Randy's rules? And then they show the video. I was like, oh, okay, that's how you that. I record this as a, just in case we get to a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> he was definitely my favorite character because he had that sort of nerdy meta thing going. But if you're going with Scream, I feel like you have to go with uh, Sydney. So, uh, yeah, there you go. You and I matched with this, so and then Erica also matches with this. Awesome. Um which I think is kind of cool. It's too bad it didn't go for a four, Sorry, but yeah. that's all right. Um, the uh, for me, what's interesting about Sydney is that so I've it, there's no secret that I love these movies, but what's interesting about Sydney is like she she's not there for the rules part of the movie. She's not physically present when Randy's explaining how to survive through a horror film, but she's doing what she can to survive. So in the realm of like. Unfortunately, she had sex and you know what I mean? So she broke the one rule, but you don't always survive if you have, you know what I mean? Um, and she didn't do the other things, but as she went through and she learned who things were, she started to protect herself. When you get to the next film, she's very guarded. She's very guarded herself, but now she's in college. So the game's different, right? The rules have changed, you know, when things start the happening. has changed. Right, and we're dealing with a sequel, so the mm -hmm. body counts bigger, the de the body counts, uh, the deaths are bloodier and more graphic, and you know what I mean? Like, when you're looking at the rules of that, and then when you move into the trilogy, the trilogy, as Randy says, you're not dealing with, you're not dealing with a villain that's technically superhuman. It's not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with the fact that you're gonna they're going to pull up something from your past. So mm -hmm. Sydney learns something about her mom's past and all that stuff, which connects to her. And, mm -hmm. you know, and Randy's going through all the rules of what a trilogy is. You're just like, yeah, OK, right. You know, 
yeah, she wasn't in four, which was cool. But when she comes in in five, that's when she's like on the phone and she's like, all right, I better make sure I have my gun. Like, you know, she's going through that stages of she's getting to that Laurie Strode level. Um, So. Well, I think, too, with her, I liked her again. This is that 90s, like saw it when we were in high school and it was like the cool thing to do. But she started out as you're watching it, thinking she is going to be the victim. Right. Like right off the bat. Her parents are gone. All these things are happening. You're like, oh, woe is me. She's got this perfect boyfriend, like all these things. And you're like, okay, she's going to go. Right. And then she survives. And then she keeps like, and she I keeps don't know going. if I'd say perfect boyfriend. He was kind of sleazy. <laughs> but to her, right. he was the perfect boyfriend. Right. right? There was that group of he friends. He's a popular guy. And yeah, right. it was right. that group of friends. Right. It was what they did. And they did all the things. And and um, I think as the story <laughs> like said. <laughs> right but like as things progressed it just like you know she she like you said she learned yeah. how to and i admittedly have not seen the most recent one but she's not in it so it was but it's one of those, really good i know but i just haven't seen it yet <laughs> right i saw the last scream mm-hmm. five in the, in theater, the theater with you guys mm-hmm. which loved because that was literally a love letter to us right right oh, yeah. i mean it was like hey you liked the original and you grew up with us. Watch this. Yeah, watch and you this. Were like, and they're gonna go back to the so original good. house. Was, and they're yeah, gonna go this like, is yeah. good. And then it was like, okay, cool. But again, I also think you can't mention Sydney without mentioning Gail. Right. Gail Weathers True. and her atrocious bangs. Right. But like, I feel like they kind of teamed up. Like I had, I obviously had Sydney, but I feel like they teamed up and really worked together as a team to sort of survive. And so right. I feel like. They kind of were. And again, I haven't right. seen the most recent one, so well, I don't know if that changed or not for Gail or not. You know, when you because when they're covering the rules of uh, when they're covering the rules in four, they're talking about, you know, how because they start making the joke about the found footage film. They mm-hmm. found the found footage horror films and stuff like that because they're doing the cell phone kills and mm-hmm. all that. stuff. like they have the, the different tropes of those movies. And when you get the five, it's a requel. So what are the rules of a requel? So now we have legacy characters that can, may not die. You know what I mean? Right. We're, we're adjusting it. So it's like, we're racially switching some of the characters. We're racially switching <laughs> the characters, you know? Yep. So you get, you know, all that and stuff. And gender swapping. Right. And, yep. and then when you get to six, they start the, the movie person who's giving the rules is like, well, you're dealing with a franchise now. So then they start talking about mm. what, what are franchise rules? You know what I mean? So like, they're going, Unfortunately, Ghostface got spoiled for me from that one. Not that I'm going to say it out loud, but like, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. I just haven't seen it. I just don't, I know there's another one coming. I just don't know. Oh, there it. is. Yeah. Oh. Because it's trilogy to trilogy. And then you have okay. the four. Nev said she'd be in, but it was a pay thing. And she was like, yeah, I'm, right, I'm just, but I just don't know. After you see how six ends, I okay. just don't know how? where you go next. Well, and, they were in New York this time, but, right? So they'll go. Yeah, but it's the, it's the it's the museum part of it that makes you. I don't know where it goes next, okay. and I know you don't know what I'm talking no, about, but fair. you'll see. Okay. Like, I do yeah. plan on watching it. I just think Scream is such a great. The first one was such a great movie when it came out, right? It was just like. What I love about Scream is it falls under the slasher category, but ultimately. Bare bones. It is just a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. literally a whodunit murder mystery that just happens to be a slasher film. It's also a teen movie, right? Like and, it's a, it's a right. group of friends trying to it's a, survive. It's a scary, like, it's a it's scary movie for everyone. Yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, I agree. Good pick. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we all match. So Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, my second to last pick is... Peter, I kind of hope you and I match on the last one. Go ahead. There you go. 
Uh, Sue Snell from Carrie. Okay. Um, not only does, like, is she trying to do a good thing, but her boyfriend dies. Basically, the entire school dies. <laughs> if you read the book, Carrie doesn't just take revenge on the school. She takes it out on the entire town. Pretty in red. Pretty. That's what. That's why I was gonna make that joke. Oh, that's so funny. Yes, right. Right. Blumhouse. If you're listening. Um, so yeah. Just Carrie like, and Pretty in Pink. Let's do this. She survived again, but like at what cost? Like, what is she? I don't know. You know, I like how do you carry on question. after that? Right. How do you carry on? <laughs> well done. But that's the ultimate survivor question, right? Like you survived, but was it worth it? Right. Yeah. Tusk. Like, it, it, was it worth? Was it worth it? Trying to get a story out of an old man? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah. So great that's my... Yeah. Good call. I haven't seen Carrie. Since we since you brought up Carrie, uh, did you see the remake? I I did, <laughs> and it's I mean it's not bad. I mean it's it was better than like Carrie Two Rage, you know like <laughs> if you have to make it a sequel and then put another word in it, right. it's not a good movie. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. That's right, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in the theater. So it, it wasn't Dirty yeah. Dancing Havana Nights. I, yeah. I think I enjoyed all of the marketing for the reboot of Carrie more than I enjoyed the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're laughing at me for admitting to seeing Dirty Dancing Havana Nights oh, in the no. theater. Well, but... you could have just said, no, Carrie Rage, and I wouldn't have even blinked, but <laughs> that's a story for another time. Um, I Here's my short review of the Carrie remake is... I watched it. I remember thinking it was all right. Kind of like what you said, Audrey. I cannot tell you one thing that happened in that movie. I do not remember. I don't retain any of it. And you compare that to the original. And the original has such striking imagery. It has this amazing, crazy messed up story. It has stuff that's going to stick with you for life after seeing that. And the reboot, it's kind of forgettable. And it kind of it's kind of unfortunate in that way. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I think the only thing that really stuck out was like, oh, they did something kind of cool with the car, you know, and like other than that, it was just like, okay. okay cool. Oh, was that the, the car accident, I want to say? Yeah. Okay, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it's, it's, to your point. <laughs> but again, there are certain movies that should not be remade. It's, there are yeah. classics and, mm -hmm. you know, you just don't you, do You can't always capture that magic twice. So. And no. Carrie is such... Such a such a classic. Right? Tell, tell like, James is... Cameron that, Peter. I probably Titanic enjoy. Too. No, I just the 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 <laughs> argument the oh, argument yeah. the argument that George Lucas uh, captured lightning in a bottle with Star Wars in '77, mm. and then James Cameron forced it with Avatar. You know what I mean? Like you can't. <laughs> so that's I was just. It, it's almost like he's reaching for that unobtainium. You know what I mean? That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So it's an autobiography. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else on Carrie? No. Classic. Um, good yeah. Pick. So yeah, yeah, it was a great pick. Just anything job. else to add? I like, love the yeah. character. I think uh, as far as, like, villains goes, sure. her mom's probably up there top five. I feel like villains like, is a totally different villain. category, right? Like, <laughs> oh, God. 
So yeah, I I enjoyed that movie. Um, Peter, mm -hmm. final pick of the night. I really yeah. hope you and I match on this. I really do. <laughs> I hope so too. I feel like everybody should match with this one, but I went with the character who I I think is the ultimate horror survivor and. Uh, People may disagree, but I went with Ash Williams. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, God, <I'm> dead. <laughs> yes, Ash Williams, dude. Nice. That was like when Ruby. we when we talked about this. Sydney Prescott and Ash were the first two names I wrote down. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Ash is the ultimate horror survivor in my opinion. But go ahead, dude. Talk about Ash for a minute. So, <laughs> where did it even begin? Um, you watch the first Evil Dead movie. And uh, that movie, they tried to play it so straight and uh, the way everything played out, like not everybody necessarily took all the special effects and stuff from that movie uh, straightforwardly. But you have Ash, who's like kind of just this normal guy. He's kind of like this good boyfriend and he really has to step up and fight off these like deadite characters. He has to like go into like fighting off this demonic force. And, uh, you know, from there you have Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. You have Ash versus the Evil Dead, the show. And it's from there where you really have him go into that sort of comedy slapstick sort of realm. But for me, Ash is one of those, per like, this is one of my favorite kinds of characters where he is hilarious. He can be funny. He can be there for laughs. He says a lot of kind of really silly stuff that it's hard to take seriously. But then at the same time, he is the, he becomes like the most badass guy. You know, he's got a chainsaw grafted to one hand. He's holding a shotgun in the other hand. He's fighting off all sorts of supernatural monsters. It's great. And I just love, that's one of my favorite things that movie or TV shows, or uh, even if you get into, there's a lot of animes that do this too, but where you have a character who's like, really goofy and you can laugh with but also you can take so seriously and is the coolest guy ever and ash is kind of like really strikes that dynamic in a way that i don't think any other character does um but yeah he's just he's iconic he's you have like i mean you have the mount rushmore of horror characters and you know whittling it down to four characters was pretty would be pretty hard but if you could include like 10 characters, I feel like Ash is definitely on that mountain. And the thing is, Ash is the hero. He's a normal guy, but he's just that badass and that iconic that he is the face of like his corner of horror in that way, in that really iconic way. And that's what I think is great about this character. So, well, Drew, what what are your thoughts, you know? <laughs> well, again, I mean, you kind of said all of it, but he he's such a badass survival character for this list because not only does he survive the first film, he goes back to that same cabin for a second round, knowing that he's going to survive the movie. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then he's got to travel back in time to the medieval times and deal with the army of darkness. And then I don't know, like, and I know this is not a movie, but did you watch the evil dead show? Yeah, it's great. The first season, but only the first like couple like, episodes. It, it got far. better and better okay. and better. Like, because the first episode, I was like, mm, okay, but I hung with it. It is, gets better and better as the show goes, and I was almost bummed that it they stopped it. Um, but yeah, stars. Or what was maybe. It? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yes, that sounds. I'm, 
I'm not 100% sure what I watched it on, but I just was like, it just get, like, the show just got so good and it just kept getting better as you went. And then, like, they kept adding elements to it. And you're just like, God, this, they were doing some really cool stuff with the show, but just the movies alone. And I haven't, the one I haven't watched in a really long time is Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like I need to do a Army of Darkness sit through again, or maybe just a watch all three movies, again. Honestly. But. But right? yeah, but yeah, if you're going to be if you're going to be a survivor, if you're going to be putting together your team of like if the world's gone to hell and we got to like pick our survivors and who are we going to put on our team to help us get through the, the apocalypse. I'll put Ash on my team. That guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Literally sacrifice limbs. To, uh... <laughs> right. Um, and, and he survives in some of the most creative ways, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, Ash Williams, for sure. Um, yeah, sometimes the most sometimes the most clumsy of ways too that's another thing i like about him is he's so capable but he also is like really clumsy and like in uh like an army of darkness when he messes up the words to the spell and totally makes the whole situation way worse like i love that sort of stuff he's just flying by the seat of his pants he's like your normal everyman guy thrust in these crazy situations but somehow he makes it work and it's so entertaining you know um, peter one more thing on the movie regardless i know you said that um you think that a lot of people didn't take the movie seriously on a filmmaking level Ooh. um it was nominated for an Oscar for the camera shot that where it starts in the sky and then yeah. drops down to the forest and then mm. through the house and then back up forest into the sky because yeah. the question was how the hell did they do that shot before um, drones before drones because it was <laughs> right. all done it was 1981 yeah, it was all right. before drones that's and cool like how did you do a shot like that because that's not you can't do that with a crane hmm. so um they did get not they didn't win but they did get nominated so Cool. And then they did it again in Evil Dead 2, and they did it even crazier, where they're, like, picking up Ash into the air, like, <laughs> spin right. around and stuff, and you're like, how did they do this, you know? So, there's great a shot. There's a crane shot like that. I've, I'm assuming it's a crane shot. It's not, it's, I don't think it's a drone, but it's, it's either a crane or it's some gyroscope thing that they do in Kill Bill. It's, like, a three-minute tracking shot, and I... Every time I watch the movie, I'm like, I can't figure it out. I don't know how you guys did this. I don't know how, like, you you can follow it for a little bit, and then suddenly they start doing stuff with the camera, and you're like, I don't understand. I don't get it, but it blows my mind every time I watch the movie. Is this um, a part of the the nightclub, like the where yeah, the, or yeah. the five, six, the, seven, eights are playing? Yeah, the camera picks up on. I know this is a whole total non horror tangent, but the camera picks up on Uma Thurman at the bar, and she tracks through the nightclub and then gets to the bathroom. And then they shift and then it follows the and then follow the other girl out of the bathroom. But the catch is it's going up over walls, through doors, like around like it's doing stuff it shouldn't be allowed to do. <laughs> like how they get the shot. And there's a spot where it looks like the camera breaks, but it doesn't actually break. And yeah, so. Yeah, it actually like I remember the first time I saw that movie, I'm literally like bouncing in my seat. Like how they do this? Like I caught it the first time. And yeah, anyway, tangent over. Ash is amazing. Audrey, Ash final amazing. pick. <laughs> final pick, Paul Sheldon, Misery. Ah, oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> call. He was a prisoner, but he he took that typewriter and he built his little arms up and he bludgeoned that woman. That damn penguin gave him away. That damn penguin gave him away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I don't know if you guys have just seen the movie. I read the book, too. But uh, my husband and I were kind of talking about the list before we came over. And he was like, I still cannot get 
that slop scene out of mm. my head. Um, there's a scene in the book where she like cleans him up and everything and then makes him drink the water or like she, or she cleans, um, he like just messes himself mm-hmm. or something in the bed and like she uses yeah. everything to clean and, and we're, uh, yeah, to this, to this day are like electric knives and just, what well, wasn't just no, physical torture? Yeah, it was it's like mental, mental yeah, absolutely. and emotional. And, and finding yeah. a scrapbook of like all of the previous um, things that she had done. There's, you know, a, there's a and... Goldberg's episode where they parody Misery. Yeah, the Goldberg's episode was really funny. There's only a couple bits in there where you're just like, man, you guys, that is solid gold right there. Oh. Anyway, um, no, good call on Misery as a final pick. Um, Erica, you're on the spot for the final pick of the night. Yeah, and it's not fair because I had Sydney Prescott as my final pick. <laughs> oh. And someone jumped the gun. So this one's not going to be that exciting, but it is a little bit because it was my number two. And again, it's one of those where he survived the first one but didn't survive the second one. And it's Alex Browning from Final Destination, Devin Sawa's character, uh, where... I mean, literally the entire movie is about surviving the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, it's one of those where it's, did you pick the movie or did you pick the character? Yes. <laughs> it was, right? Like, because, again, that one came out right when Scream was there and when, mm-hmm. you know, I know we did last summer and we got, like, movie after movie after movie and it was, like, saw them all, thought they were all great. You can all admit it. You don't drive behind a truck full of logs without going. <laughs> oh my destination. Gosh. Or even uh, yeah. like when you go into motels and they have the clothesline yes. in the shower. Yes. Like no, thank you. Or the airplane. Yep. You know, you, or on the airplane, <laughs> you're like, do I get off? Is it should I get off? Like it's it's every single one in the bathroom with the water on the floor. Like mm-hmm. you just are like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my brain goes to Final Destination so many times. And again, I was a big Devin Sawa fan. Your sister-in-law, much bigger than me, but I was JTT. She was Devin Sawa. Fine, Casper, we all get it. But there was something about him in that movie where it was like, either he's got a horseshoe up his butt or it wasn't his time. So you watch the first one, you're like, cool, he made it, this is great. When the second one came around and you were like, yeah, but that kind of felt right, right? Like, I, you feel sure. weird saying it, but you're like, yeah, this it, this was his time. Now they made five or six of them and like, I stopped watching it after probably the third one, but it was that thing where it was like, yes, he, he, he survived the first one and that was great. And then it was his time. So I don't know. I just thought that was a, again, Sydney was my number one. So a little over, oversold, but yeah. it was a solid, I love it. solid survivor. Yeah. Right on. Um, well, that brings us to the, that's a good pick. Cause you know, I thought that I love the final destination movies. I haven't seen past three. That's what I mean. Like, that was the amusement park one. That's the amusement yes. park okay, one. That's yeah. the, that was the last one I saw. Peter, how many do you get through? You know, the first two or three, and then kind of catch bits and pieces. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I really was hoping you'd be like, I've seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I like the first one a lot, um, and I, I think they kind of go downhill from there. But I do. I actually am kind of on the other side of the fence, where I kind of appreciate that uh, he didn't. Devin Sawa's character didn't make it through the second movie. Because, you know, there's no escape, you know, and I just think uh, it's one of those things where a lot of times horror movies have a tragic ending and they're sad and they make you feel like crap because all your new favorite characters just died. But at the same time, the goal of the movie is to scare you. And if you feel too hopeful at the end, 
when the TV turns off and you go to sleep, you're not going to be scared enough. So I do like when they can, uh, I don't know. I, I do like a good tragic ending in a horror film, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I like, I like that he went in the second one. I felt like it made the most sense. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. But the first one was like, okay, cool. Like he made it like neat. He's the hero. But then you get to the second one. You're like, Nope. <laughs> like got right. it. You know, <laughs> you're right. It is literally the final destination. Like it is, Death is coming for everyone. There is no yeah. Like and it's, it is it's, what it is. What I find weird about that movie, those movies in general, is there's really no villain. I mean, it's death, death. but there's really Correct. no villain in right. the sense that it's it's every, it's a lot of everyday happenstances that could kill you, and you know that it's being targeted, and you know it's causing it, but it's like there's almost really no yeah. like it's that illusion that the villain's there, but it's you know what I mean. I don't know if I'm saying that no, right. No, I but, would, yeah, okay. but again, it's like those urban legends where it's like you, you, like I said, you see the truck full of the the, the logs. The I logs think about it every time. It every time, it's one of those things that is now ingrained in your head. It's just like urban legend with pop rocks and pop and like those things, and that's a serious, seriously good movie too. Urban legend. <laughs> yeah. Have you not seen Jeremy Urban Jackson? Legend? Really? Or Jonathan Jackson? Jonathan uh, Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. <laughs> Too many Jackson. Hmm, okay. um, but again, it's like, it's all urban legends. And he, there's like a scene that I'm talking about, like where Pop Rocks and Pop, you're not supposed to drink them because you'll explode. And he like, Pop Rocks it. and Coke. Well, it's, it's oh, the joke. No. It's like, I don't want to no, <laughs> no, give anything away, but like, okay. no, but okay. eventually, but like, it's one of those where it's like growing up in that era of these movies that it was just like, yeah, it's the, the, the phone calls coming from inside oh, the house. Okay. And you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the killer is basing everything off these urban legends that, mm-hmm. That's a solid one. A solid 90s one. I still think you should watch. I know what you did last summer, though. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get to it. <laughs> Is Urban uh, Legends the one with the yogurt shappy? Or was that Very Bad Things? Oh. Very Bad Things uh, was... The, all the kids hanging out at the yogurt shappy. Yeah. That was, that's Urban Legends, right? Very uh, Bad Things is... Or very bad things is Christian the Slater Christian Slater and thinking of uh, disturbing behavior. Maybe that's what I'm thinking oh, of. We were talking Ooh. about that one the other day. Disturbing behavior, the faculty, the faculty. We were talking about all of these a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That that '90s genre, man, it was right yeah. there. Um, but no, urban <laughs> urban episode. What's that? What I was gonna say is, Urban Legend is uh, it starts, it's on a college campus, and there's a professor that's talking about urban legends in the class. It's literally that's how the movie starts. Uh-huh. And he's talking about urban legends. He's like, who knows what an urban legend is? He kind of gives the definition, talks about it. He's like, I want some examples, and then they bring up the cop, pop, pop rocks and coke, and they bring up like a handful of other things, and uh, there's some joking with the characters and stuff, and then the killer starts building like all the deaths are basically predicated on these urban legends so it's like all these little like stories and stuff so you know jared leto is in that movie yeah and that's not somebody that i think of when i think of that but yeah right yeah yeah alicia always creeps up on me Mm -hmm. like there are things where i'm just like really yeah he wasn't you will you will recognize every tara reed you will recognize every single person in that cast yeah, I think you would like the um, the third um, story in the creature feature on Amazon. I forget the name of the author, but he wrote Bird Box, okay. and it starts off kind of like an it's an it's an urban legend. It's something's in the woods, and it doesn't have a face, but it's looking to 
find a face and like Ooh. like things go mm. like people go missing and stuff and that's cool so yeah it, it, i think it's only an maybe an hour and a half all right. it's, it's like a, it's a quick short story and you cool. can either it's because you have an amazon subscription it's free so yeah you right can either read it or you can listen to <laughs> right, it <yeah. laughs> awesome um, all right peter this brings us to the end of the list and next week is your pick yeah um <laughs> just a second yeah. Earlier, I was going to say, it sounds like our next Halloween episode, we need to do our favorite 90s horror movies. <laughs> but uh, no, we just talked about a lot of blood yeah. and guts and, <laughs> and gruesome, demented, demented stuff. And uh, so, of course, next week, why don't we lighten the mood? Why don't we talk about something fun and funny? I was thinking we could talk about our top five favorite stand-up comedians. Because we've Ooh. never touched this topic, Drew, but I think this is going to be a fun one to go through. That's going to be, yeah, absolutely. No, that's going to be, like, my brain is like, how do I talk about a comedian's performance without, like, telling all the comedians to joke? You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I'll, I'll figure out a way to eloquently discuss. It makes you but, laugh, man. It counts, yeah, right? Yeah, but good call, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. So, perfect. Um, Are you guys ready to toss this episode of the can? We're good? Let's do yeah. it. All right. So, Peter, anything else before we close this one out? No, yeah, that's that's it for me. All right, everybody, do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to our social media, along with a link to our email, top5report.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on social media. Either way works. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Amazon, and Audible. Uh, you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We under we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be explaining how I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling zoonoids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. I'm Erica. I'm Audrey. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.